Welcome to the Pathfinder Podcast, brought to you by Shillington, where we talk to creatives about how they navigated their design careers from the early beginnings up until now, and the twists and turns along the way. I'm Jimmy Muldoon, designer and teacher at Shillington's New York campus. Glad you could join us. So today we have Kim, who is the co-founder of Parsons Branding in South Africa with her husband, Craig. Uh, She's passionate about people and has a love for life. uh, And that is one of the defining factors that sets her and her studio apart. Uh, Kim, thank you so much for joining us today. It's, uh, It's so lovely to meet you. Thanks for having me, Jimmy. Yeah, our pleasure. It's, uh, I know you've kind of got a lot on at the moment and we're kind of going to be talking a little bit about that at the moment. But um, yeah, thank you so much for uh, making the time. It's, it's lovely to put a, the face behind uh, the work that, uh, you know, I've seen for so long and that the students have, uh, have, have kind of been looking at. So, um, you know, it's nice to finally do that. One of the faces, and sorry, Craig isn't sitting next to me. We're normally like head to head on these Zoom calls, but we have a shoot on today, so unfortunately, he's he's not able to be with us. But thanks so much for for the invite. It's really cool to be to be chatting with you guys. Yeah, it's great to to have you on. Um, so I want to kind of kick it off with um, a little bit about you know where are you from, where you grew up, um, kind of you know was it a creative household, um, and a little bit of like that journey to how you got to where you are today. For sure. Um, so yeah, Craig and, and I both grew up in South Africa in, in Durban. He was actually born in Zimbabwe, but um, kind of moved to South Africa after his first year on planet Earth. And um, he, uh, yeah, him and I just kind of grew up and went to schools which are really close to each other. And funnily enough, started at the same advertising agency at different times. Um, I, my mum was a client there at the time and I popped in and he popped his head around the corner and um, we, that was the first time we saw each other and didn't connect for years after that. It's all quite funny until I was working there and he came in to visit his old studio. So we've always kind of been knocking on each other's door and eventually it, it happened. But um, yeah, so, you know, from my side, um, grew up in KZN. Um, got an Irish mum, um, South African Mauritian father. Um, both of them love food and people, and um, particularly on my mum's side, the storytelling um, comes from the Irish, the Irish DNA, which I'm about to embrace. And um, I think that's where I got into branding without realizing is just that life is about stories and connecting people to places and things, whether it's visceral or sensual or whatever that might be, it's a, it's a human experience as to why you, why something appeals to you or not. Um, you know, creatively, she was an artist, is an artist. Um, and I always kind of enjoyed that, that part of my academic life, but didn't pursue the, the creative. Um, I went into film and media at university. Um, and then I went into um, media, like brand communication as, as part of my degree and um, straight from there into advertising where I got my first gig as an account manager and um, sort of climbed the ranks from there. And then um, Craig as well, you know, he went straight into, into design from school um, that he just knew that that was where he wanted to be. Um, I think, you know, when you are driven visually by um, design and the world around you, and yeah, he he also started an advertising um, young guy in a small studio, worked his butt off, 
slept on a couch until all hours. Um, we both, you know, you start off and you earn terribly depressing salaries. Um, I don't even know how to convert mine. I don't even think it would be a dollar if I had to try and convert what my first salary was. Um, but yeah, just we, we kind of both got into to advertising and from there it was just like the pace of, of doing it. Um, and our, our path sort of started to connect at that time. Um, Craig came to Cape Town where we lived and, and he worked with a couple of really good startups in South Africa, um, just on, I suppose, the business side of, of that by chance. And then I went back into design, looking at more apparel and um, that, side of, that side of it. And when we met, I managed to lure him back to Durban where I lived. It's about a two hour flight from Cape Town. Um, and he took um, his position at an, uh, a trained institute which is where he got a strategic background from, um, but really wanted to marry the two um, as far as brand strategy and design goes. Um, their, their design wasn't as much of a focus in their business at the time, and he wanted to have that strategic foundation, but with a really high quality, potent creative output. Um, so he, he decided it's time to freelance um, after a few years there. And um, the advertising agency I was working at at the time also needed someone to come in on strategy. So they, um, they got him on board for a couple of months just to see where we could, you know, elevate that. And we had some really epic clients. But then we started to realize we were working really hard and stressing a lot about clients for someone else and that we were producing the work ourselves. And like any old journey from business to freelance goes, we decided to back ourselves and jump in and, and just do it. So yeah, that was about 10 years ago now. Um, and we started our, our first studio from what was then a, a one meter by two meter um, unfinished walk-in closets of an unfinished bathroom in the first apartment we bought together. And um, yeah, that was pretty... <laughs> pretty close quarters um and we had a good we have a good laugh looking back at that time um but it was pretty epic we've never we never felt more free more excited um more ready to just take on the world and um we've just grown slow and steady since that since that day um so yeah that's that's how we got to where we are now and and both of us have had um that creative influence from our mums as far as um, the visual component of it, but I think the thinking is what really gets us both. And, and I think that's why we're also successful as a husband and wife, because we very much share that, that worldview and to get excited about the same topics at the same depth um, and just to be interested in each other's opinion on that. Um, and I think that's what we share in both our marriage and in our business life. So, so it's fun. It has its, it has its fun times and it has its stressful times, but yeah. It's all good. We love it. Yeah, they are like very humble beginnings. And I think that's the, the greatest thing is like not everyone hears how someone got to where they are. You know, they just see the people up there doing all the work and 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 that's and that's great. And we're inspired to that. Um, but it's like the journey that got you there. You know, that that's the question that people have to ask themselves. Am I willing to put in the blood, sweat and tears of working a one meter by two meter closet. That's probably, you know, where you sleep and you work, you know, are you willing yeah. to, you know, go through that journey to, to be at the end. And, um, it, you know, it, it sounds like you just complement each other. So, so really well. And, and kind of 
spark ideas off each other. Yeah, we definitely get each other very, very excited about things. Um, and sometimes it's funny, we'll, we'll totally go on this tangent of something that's so excited and we'll wake up the next day and be like, why did we even tap? That is, that's ridiculous. Why did we even think that that could be a thing? Uh, so we've had lots of those moments um, since we've been, yeah. So we've been married for 10 years and then before that we were together for five years and we've had, we've had a hell of a lot of those moments where we think we should start a little something extra. But I think at the end of the day, we've learned that focus is key. Um, so if we're talking about kind of like a journey, especially something I would have liked to have heard when I was younger, um, that reality of um, just really being focused and knowing what to say no to. Um, I've always been like that as a person, very clear on friends or very clear on topics or, um, and sometimes I'm too black and white. Um, and that's where Craig comes in to kind of like massage the viewpoints and say, don't you think you should think of it from this side? And um, I've found that to be very beneficial as my growth journey as a person. But I definitely also know that you have to value yourself because no one's going to value you um, as much as you would like them to. And sometimes it means saying no to something that could have made the month a little bit easier when you're younger and paid some bills. But the minute you do it for one person, you, you have to do it for another person. And it's important that the referrals that you get mirror the type of behavior you want each new project you work on. And we've built Parsons on referral, um, which has been amazing. Every person that's come to us has come to us through somebody else um, in South Africa. Um, and or now it's through Instagram as somebody else if somebody recommends you. But um, it's really important that you reflect on the what someone's asking of you now and saying, would I like that person to tell somebody that that's what I'd do for them? And if it's yes or no. And that's not to say you're not going to get completely abused when you go up and start on your own and someone sees fresh young talents and they want to get uh, a lot for nothing. And you you also got to take that on sometimes to build that original portfolio of this is what our freelancers allowed us to do. And sometimes it's those like really quick low budget projects where one, you learn the most about yourself, but two, you also learn about problem solving. You're learning about client dynamics. So you've also got to say what is, you know, what's billable value and then what's career value and experience and you wear it all up for yourself. So um, yeah, our, our journey, I think, is still really humble. Um, we were, as I you know, mentioned to you when, you when you got in touch, we were blown away that our work is being shown to, to your students across the world. And here we are on the southern tip of Africa. And, um, you know, that for us, if you, you told us that when we started, we'd be like, no ways is that ever going to happen. Like, that's amazing. Um, and we, we still got a long way to go. You know, we, we believe we're just scratching the surface and um, anyway for us, which is our, our European arm of our studio. So, yeah, new challenges, new growth, new exciting things. But, yeah, right. next chapter starts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, who, who who was the one obviously you you then combined powers was it who was the first one to kind of like spark the idea was it you kind of going hey craig i've got this idea or was it a, a light bulb moment for you both like um so craig hates admin <laughs> and i think any creative many creatives or you are a very unique creative if this is not true but um to 
create is one thing, but to spend half of your day answering client emails, trying to work out what it's going to cost because someone has to approve a budget before you start something, writing up an invoice, sending it. He hates it. He will, he will, he just, it's not, it's not for him. He wants, he doesn't even want to know about budgets even now. Um, he's just like, what's the project? What are we doing? And he gets so excited. He just wants to go. Um, and I'm the timekeeper and the moderator and making sure it all kind of, you know, works as far as that side of it goes. Um, but because that's what I was doing, um, kind of like I come home from work and then I could see he's just had like, a day of he's like a little bit frustrated that he's like, I've got nothing done today because I was just doing admin. Um, and I jump on the computer and, and just start doing a bit of that stuff. And it takes me 10 minutes, you know, those type of tasks, which, which can be frustrating. So there was that side of it where I know I was happy to do that. Um, but then eventually I started to see the work that I was presenting um, with clients where I was didn't fulfill me or excite me to the level of talent that I knew I had at home. And I would rather have been doing that with Craig. Um, and I think it just started to weigh on me and my happy. Um, and he just woke up one day and he's like, why don't you just come work with me? Like, why don't we just do this? And I was like, what do you mean? And I don't think anyone's ever really taken the reins for me before until that point. Um, and I was kind of used to like, you must go to, you must go to work and you must you know, earn your bills and pay your bills and do all of that. And I just hadn't even thought of that as an option, really. I just thought we'd just kind of double down until like, you know, things just showed us the way. So I was like, what do you mean? Like work with you, like not go there. And I was earning a really killer salary at the time as well. So it was very hard to, to say no to that when I knew he couldn't pay me anything. Um, but I think that's what got me excited as well. It's like, but we can do this together and then that can just work itself out. And so I resigned that morning and I went and had a chat with my wonderful director, um, who I actually reached out to last year just to say thank you for just some great experiences. Um, and he was so kind and just gave me such a wonderful forum to have that space to be myself. And um, I think he maybe anticipated it in some ways. Um, and I always felt very welcomed and very valued there. And, um, you know, I was sent off with a wonderful big gift voucher and a wonderful cheese and wine. And I think that's important advice too, is, is not to close doors behind you um, because every journey is a journey and you have to respect people's space. And even though you're leaving that, try and keep it as like amicable because you never know when you're gonna need to lean on each other as a creative community again. And it also says a lot about you, how you choose to depart from a place and what that timing looks like. Um, so I put in my notice and work through that and um, have, yeah, had very fond memories of that space, but was very excited to be, to be doing my own thing with Craig. And yeah, so I will definitely give him all that. Um, yeah. What is the word credit? I think gratitude is a really important um, quality to have as a designer and, and, and as a person, I think, um, it really sure. kind of sets you apart. Yeah. Yeah. And collaboration is where it's at now, right? So, you know, you, you don't know when that 
business company, freelancer, person, individual is going to really be wonderful to tap into one day again. Um, So yeah, it works in circles and you just kind of, kind of create lots of circles around you and strengthen what you do and um, who you meet along the way and, and make sure you, yeah, as you say, like that gratitude is really important. Yeah, definitely. And it's just building, like, I think, genuine relationships um, yeah. with the intent not to necessarily get anything back. It's just like, how how do I invest in, in, in this person? And, and you know, you got to find those boundaries. But I think it's really important because you never know when that person, oh, they've got a project. You're just going to be the last person on someone's mind. And you're like, oh, actually, I know someone you know, Kim that used to work with us, you know, her and her husband have got this studio and, and there's work, you know, it's just leave. And funny what you said now, that's branding. Mm. Uh, it's when you, you don't need something from someone to build that relationship. You want to do it to build a relationship. And in the same way, people shouldn't just be building a relationship because they want to sell somebody something and they want them to buy it. Um, so yeah, you pretty much summed up a good, good analogy of, of what branding is to real people. So were there any pivotal moments of rejection or success that changed the course of, of your career? Yeah. So I think movement is a theme for us. Um, you know, things have happened we've always kind of had a motto of like slow and steady wins the race. Um, we haven't wanted to um, put ourselves into stressful positions and grow too quickly. And even when we've had pressure from big clients to grow around them, we've kind of just said, let's do that. If you think that work is not coming to you at the pace you want it to. And if you're not happy, we can have that conversation and that conversation never came up again. Um, I think it's important to grow at the rate that you can handle the capacity of it. And um, and sometimes that growth asks a lot of you and it asks you to get up and move your life. And um, our first big move was um, from our one bedroom apartments in the bathroom up to um, what was then a very underdeveloped um, coastal area of KwaZulu-Natal where we lived, um, where a whole lot of kind of like, estate living was starting off, but um, we were just moving to a home that we knew we were going to work from home. We knew we were going to stay there, but we just wanted more space and, and more kind of flexibility. And so we, we took a shift up there and we were one of the first young people. And now, I mean, when we left two years ago, 2000 families a month were moving to that area and we left and it was a booming new micro city. Um, so we kind of were, we've looked at that and we're like, gee, we were there before all the people that were there now are there and homes and buildings, we watched it all mushroom up against us. But then we kind of looked at that and knew that it wasn't the right place for us to be building this brand and the studio. And Cape Town is an incredible place. I'm sure many people have heard of it. Um, it's beautiful. Um, the world comes here to play and to do production and film. Um, we have our design in Darba based here. Um, and just a lot of epic young talents who is creating in um, the city bowl. It's a very healthy city from a South African standpoint. Um, and the city sits beautifully at the base of this really great mountain and shows off quite nicely. And then a whole lot of other cool stuff happens around it. So we were, I was at university here and Craig lived here and we were just never ever coming back here in our heads. Um, but a couple of things just were knocking on the door and 
within six weeks, we made a choice to, to move and, and we moved to Cape Town two years ago. With, you know, we'd been trying to hire fr- uh, people to kind of facilitate growth in our studio from afar and trying to lure them down to Durban life. Um, and it was just not coming unstuck until we actually realized that we were the ones who need to come unstuck. Um, and then the last two years have just been explosive for us from a, um, just every point of view. Um, and funnily enough, our life work balance got better. Um, when we did that as well, because we weren't just, you know, working against the grain. Um, so we you've got a great, we're always going to keep like a tight studio team, but we, you know, we really um, have an amazing team. And we're kind of at that next stage now where, again, you're looking at the conversations around you and who's talking to you. And, and the reality is that it's the US and Europe, and that's where all the interest in our, our kind of aesthetic is um and we don't have a house aesthetic but i think you know every project's got its own territories that are more interesting to it um everyone loves okay drugs but <laughs> i will say that they want to talk about that one a lot um i just think it's such a yeah it's fresh cool fresh cool founders um that we get to work with there but um i think movement so to answer your question, if we, you can stagnate if you don't realize that you need to ask something of yourself and it's not other people that are going to fix it for you. So I think that's led to a great space for us. Um, rejections, I think we've taken well. Um, and if anything, some of them have been, um, they, they all kind of work out how they should. So I don't, ne- don't necessarily think there's anything iconic there for us. Um, and we have been grateful to take on projects that we, that we like. Um, as people, we want to work with people. And we've got this um, kind of thing that we say about, you know, we want to work with people who'd want to share a meal with. And we've thought about that for 10 years. And you know if you want to see that person casually or not, um, or if it's, you're going to dread a meeting. And we've really steered away from that. Um, and we also have never um, pitched, we don't really pitch for work um, because of the strategic nature of our, our business. And we really need to, the, the client team to invest as much time as us. Um, so I think when you're not putting yourself up so many pitches and you don't need that, sometimes the rejection um, is kind of, you, you avoid that. And then sometimes rejection is great. We just bit, um, did a pitch for uh, Brits and Pretzels. It's a it's a tech event um, in Germany, an amazing founders event. And we were super excited about that. And Craig went to Germany and, and we, we presented and we didn't get the pitch. But we just had such a great time on the project. And it came out of the blue and we just, it was the, the studio had such fun. So we just thought, let's just post it and talk about it. And people have loved it and loved experiencing it. And, and we hope to kind of reconnect with, with them again. Um, on their events. So, so yes, I suppose it's how you take it. Um, and, yeah. and yeah, work it out and then be grateful for your successes and reflect on them. And when they do happen, remember where you were and where it is and each success needs to be really celebrated. And, and again, coming to it with like, you know, a grateful feeling and just like honoring it in that moment and then making sure that it feels you for the next one. Um, so I think it's really important not to let things just happen so fast that you're just not even recognizing them at all as, as successes. It just feels like part of the day. And, you know, we can all be guilty of that when life's going really quickly. You know, you've got to sit back and go, whoa, that was an amazing week. So much happened. Um, but yeah, we will get better at that when things get a bit less crazy. <laughs> 
you, you, you've spoken about kind of moving around a lot and kind of getting unstuck. Um, what does that look like for you, you know, and your family and, and, and the studio over the next two weeks? Yeah, so we are um, opening up our European um, studio and what that looks like is Craig and I working from home from another part of the world. <laughs> Basically, everyone's still stuck at home. Um, but we um, are really excited at the opportunities that are, um, that are in, the, in the EU and we want to open those up. And we also want to be halfway between Africa and the US. Um, we've got a few clients in LA that we just really want to go and see. And so when this terrible time is over, we're going to hit the, hit the airwaves and it's only going to be an 11 hour flight instead of like a 36 hour turnaround from South Africa, which is wild when you've got two kids and I'm sorry, unless someone's volunteering to come and babysit them on that flight, I'm not interested. <laughs> so, um, that and my sister lives in San Francisco. So that's great. Um, so we, yeah, the next two weeks looks like um, a lot of team talks. Um, I think the gift of this terrible virus, if you can even find the gifts in it, but the mental cord of you all have to be in the same place for things to work really well has been cut. Not just with us as a studio team, but between us and clients locally who have given us wonderful supportive words um, to kind of usher in this next wave for ourselves and um, and continuing to work with us. I think we are good communicators as a team and in the relationships that we've built, and that's exciting um, that we can go and put ourselves in the world. We've always had a vision to take African design to the world, and now we can do that with our team and then take them to the world, um, which quite critically is really important. Um, you know, businesses have been stuck in this grind and the ability to just stop, reevaluate it, edit and course correct, or just do something different um, is right now. You know, never before have we been so disrupted. Um, and if we are in the space where we just think we can go and do that and we have the full support of the people around us, that's what that next two weeks leap looks like. And then it's two weeks of self-isolation and then we can go out into the sunshine again and see what that looks like. Um, yeah, we, we obviously would love to, we've just moved into our brand new studio last week. It's so, the view is unbelievable. It's just it's like mountain views. It's 800 meters from our lovely home here. Um, it's the utopia. Um, and we've kind of, it's all we've ever wanted. And now we're leaving. And it just makes no sense <laughs> because it's just like right there. Um, and when I say leaving, like, you know, we're back and forth, but it's just was kind of going to be this like next really convenient um, life of just like a beautiful studio in a beautiful place. And Craig's view is just from his desk is epic. I'll send you a picture. Um, and he's just like, I can't believe that I'm not going to have this every single day and then it's going to be like another view, but it has to be that. Um, and it, but our studio team gets to have more space in a, um, in a beautiful space. And it's really just kind of like a robust, robust creative room for them to just go wild in. And that's what we, we want it to be. So um, it's going to be great to come back and forth when, when we can all travel a bit more frequently. Um, and so, yeah, it's going to be a wild two weeks, but we're ready, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to kind of like talk about, you, you touched on there about, 
um, like South African kind of like design. What do you think South African design has that, you know, maybe something that the US doesn't have or, or Europe doesn't have? I think it's, yeah, it's a, that's a tough one. Um, it's a great question though. Um, South Africa is so multicultured already. So there's, I think, given that and the layers of, um, the, you know, the layers of our like society here, there's already such an acceptance for differentiation by design because from patterns and colors to languages, I mean, you, you know, South Africa's got so many official languages and um, just the difference of landscapes and territories, like you compare a coastal region like Durban, where we came from, and, you know, where we are in, in, in Cape Town, we're like on the completely opposite coastline. Um, we're in the Atlantic and, you know, it's got different weather systems and then that's got different um, agricultural shifts for that reason. And you can, you have wine here and you have sugarcane in Durban and Joburg, you've got like gold. And um, so it's just, it's this vastly diverse, rich space, music, people, food. And I think in that, there is so, such a rich reference pool. Um, and in that way, creatives can really just explode out of that into so many different mediums. And quite critically, we have a, a phenomenal maker's culture. We make, and there's such a great craft culture here, so we make so much. Um, and within that, there is a very um, wonderful ability to layer, but like a great quality um, of like texture and life and people and that pulse is there. So when I think of African design, I think of all of that and then the many interpretations that come out of that are just powerful. I mean, you can have like completely slick, bold, very geometric identity, but then you can have a very layered, textured, organic, um, deep into nature space and they all kind of come from the same place but they're wildly different interpretations of it um, you know we also have like the lights and the shade you know we have some atrocities here we have some pain and we have um, also extreme joy and celebration so it's those anomalies within that um, where people want to express themselves whether it's through dance song um, so the visual arts are one thing, but the performing arts here are incredible. And sometimes that all merges. Um, and that's a really exciting space. So, yeah, it's, a, it's definitely a place where our roots are here. And that's what inspires us in such a big way. But what's important is that the interpretation of that that can be taken to the world, because Africa is such a place where the world looks to for inspiration. And um, we've always wanted to exude that in a really um, elegant, sophisticated way. And that's not to say highbrow premium in a way that it feels like it's just as powerful. It's just as wonderful as anything you'd see on the high streets um, or, um, you know, Danish design is incredible. Um, and that what that restraint looks like as well, but then, you know, we can do that here too, but just with our own flavor. Um, so, so yeah, I think when we say we want to take African design to the world, it's because we feel like we are, we are African. Um, but we also realize that our roots as well are also really diverse. You know, I'm Irish Mauritian, um, and Craig's folks are from Zimbabwe and England. 
and you know we've only ever lived here and know here um, but in that there's such a, a huge amount of um dna and interesting things that we want to go and go and explore a little bit so i suppose we've done our african era and now we're going to do our european era and it's all going to come together into something different each time and, and that's really exciting yeah i'm excited to see you know the work that comes out of you know this new this new journey, this new chapter for uh, Club Parsons. Thank um, you. So you're a husband and wife, power couple. Um, how do you balance your family life and, and running a studio at the same time? What's balance? <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I think it's about give and take and knowing where the priority of the day is. Um, it's, it's definitely, you need to allow yourself flex to not be perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, like I'm, I'm a bit of a, like, you know, matriarchy, don't mess with my cubs kind of person. Um, and my time with them is really important, but my time to, uh, I love what I do. And my time at, at my laptop is also really important and with people. Um, and I do feel like I've managed to strike a balance there where, um, you know, our, our daughter's super excited to come to the studio or ask us about work and she's only four. She's killer. Someone very lucky is going to either hire her one day or, or work with her one day, but she's, she's mad. She's going to, she's going to fool us all. Um, but it's, um, it's a balancing act of just knowing how much you can do as a person in the day. Um, and then to make sure that you do that and then try not to forget about yourself in the process, because that's my, um, my problem. I wind up making sure I've checked all the boxes of everyone in my life. And then you kind of run out of steam and, you know, in a very big way, you know, last year was kind of like the, you know, we're in the age of anxiety and, and these themes and they're very real, but you know, now with this whole uh, pandemic, that's, you know, times 10, times 10, plus, plus. It's just um, people really need to look after themselves mm. and what they can do. And I think um, being a husband and wife team means that endless support is there, that someone totally speaks your language in the most intimate way and knows when you are battling and when they need to bring their strengths to the table and vice versa. And we're all just human at the end of the day and we've got to give ourselves enough room to to be those people and to be vulnerable and to ask for help and say, I'm not coping or, um, you know, when you, when you have high standards of yourself, sometimes you can be your harshest critic. Um, and I think Craig and I both share very high standards of just, um, just general ways of being. And sometimes you just got to go, well, okay, let's like just loosen the reins a little bit. Mm. You know, that doesn't have to happen right now. Or is that as important as we think right now? Because maybe we're feeling a little bit, the pace is a bit heavy and just to be real and to recognize it and try and be still when you can and, and always have an open conversation about it. And we, we are set up our own team as well. You know, we only know everyone's day in the studio and people have got life going on outside of that. So, mm -hmm. you know, I do a lot of check-ins I'm the queen of check-ins and I just, because I care, you know, about, about everyone. And I think it's just, communication is a really great way to make sure that your relationships stay intact, whether it's your marriage or your colleagues or your family, um, even if you have to talk about some unpleasant stuff. But I think that's why we 
as a husband and wife team are good because we can just call it exactly how it is. We kind of have like a little sibling thing going on. Like, you know, when you like have a brother or sister or that really good cousin, who might as well be a brother or sister and you can just be really hectic with each other. But like two minutes later, you're like, should we have something to eat? (laughs) (laughs) And And I think that's important. It's just like, you know, just don't learn when when something's important or when it's not. And then, yeah, with our kids, they come first before everything. Mm. So we never feel like we have to to really stress about that. One of us is always here for them and in whatever capacity as little people that they need us. And yeah. yeah. It's it's nice to have that kind of like vulnerability in in a relationship, you know, your marriage, but then like within the studio as well, because I think you said it right, like people have lives outside of you know, their their nine to five or or whatever it is. Like they're people at the end of the day, like first and foremost, and then secondary, you know, they're they're creatives. Um, and I think that's an important thing that mental health and 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 all those things plays a huge part in the creative realm you know if you're stressed or you've got anxiety or things are happening in your world that you're trying to kind of wrap your head around and and figure out like I I feel personally you know like my creative flow and how I think strategically and and creatively and and problem solve uh just goes out the window it's just it just doesn't happen you know so it's important to really have that stuff in check and to to be honest like it's okay yeah absolutely and I, i mean for us with our with our team um where you grow your connection with people is when you're there for them where when they need you to be and if you know if someone came to me, if something was happening in my life um, with someone I loved and was like barking at me about a deadline of putting pressure on me, I'm just going to check out mm. um, and just be like, you're not as important as this is. And, and we expect the same, you know? So we definitely give our team the, the grace and um, the support when it comes to, to that kind of thing, because that's how um, you grow as people and a team. I think it's really important. And, you know, we've all worked at places where that doesn't happen and how have you felt? So let's just apply that human experience to this and just not be, yeah, not be that horrible person to work for, you know? Um, that was our worst nightmare. I, I think we've got like um, some post-traumatic stress from some of that stuff and maybe overcompensate sometimes. Uh, like, really, it's fine. I'm okay. I just don't want to talk about it. So just leave me alone, Kim. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you wear a lot of hats throughout the day, you know, you, you do brand strategy, you know, client liaison, account management, brand research, content development. What does a typical day look like for yourself? As we've grown, I've been able to delegate because we've been able to put people into place can, that can be like a really good support structure for me. And, and I take those people really seriously from how much value and they add to the studio, but also just how much support they can give me in life through that uh, to kind of juggle the, the different aspects of the business. I think importantly, because it's our studio, we are always going to be overseeing all of that um, in a really 
passionate way and we just want to make sure everything's okay and it's, it's like 100 percent um and that's you know our team is happy and, and enjoying the process but the the thing i need to um say is that it is definitely no fine art there's no timetable there's no routine um and it's again just about that balance and making sure that the priorities of the day are set early on in the day so i i write lists on lists on lists on lists and my life is a gigantic list but they're amazing i i like love a list it's ridiculous but it's um it's just about waking up knowing what the task is time blocking it knowing how much i can achieve in a day what i can't apply myself to what i can if a phone call can wait or an email can wait or something can wait because it's not important to that person, then it will wait. Um, but yeah, definitely try to, to check it all, make sure everything's flowing. And um, I think it just kind of presents itself to you in the order of importance. And, and I've got to check through it like that. Definitely days where I spin out, um, literally steam coming out of my ears or <laughs> like a mild panic. Um, but I think that's when life outside studio is getting gets a bit busier if there's like a lot to do that's going to pull my time out of that and or if like one of our kids is sick or something like that that's when i get stressy um but other than that it's just yeah you just gotta do your best and make sure you are um not rushing tasks like i have a big thing with that if we're going to do something we're going to do it properly or we're going to ask for more time um everyone deserves your eye on it um with a very conscious, intentional, um, purposeful presence. And we encourage that across our team. Every job is important to us, big and small. And we, we really sit down and look at everything quite systematically in that way. So um, I'm always very open about time with anyone because that's ultimately your commodity as a designer. Um, and you can't, um, can't look at something that you know is, is got like a huge value on time, but you're going to try and crank it out in two hours because you think you can hash it together. So, so we don't do that. Um, I'd rather someone get really upset about us um, not kind of meeting the end of day deadline, just having a real conversation. And to the students, 99% of the time, if you're just honest with people, they will give you that time and it will be so good for the relationship than for you to try and make it work and disappoint them. Um, so just be real. You're human. You can get through so much and you'll have a valid reason for that. Um, and, and if quality is your main focus and your output and you just haven't been able to get something done in a certain time, then you just need to say, this is when it will be with you. And I promise it will be done yeah. to that. Capacity. So that's what I, I've kind of got good at doing just yeah. being real. Um, and I, I suppose the quality of person you deal with also improves so you can have those conversations <laughs> as it goes. Yeah, definitely. I think that's, that is important as well. Um, so looking at your, your website, your Instagram, you know, there, there's some remarkable work in there, you know, okay. Drugs, you know, again, is, is, is one of those projects that, um, is a standout um, and it's really fun. You know, can you, can you tell us about your process of, of one of your most favorite projects that you've got to work on? So, yeah, we, I mean, we're super lucky. We've just, um, we've attracted some pretty epic humans on our journey. And um, I think that's really important as well as if you're working with people who believe in you, um, and resonate with your, with your work from day one. Like you can hear in that first conversation why someone's 
why someone's at the table with you. Um, and the type of people that you speak to and the questions that they ask. And, and we kind of get a good feel right up front what the dynamic is going to be um, and whether we want to take that on. Um, because it's really important that you have joy in what you're doing. And when you don't, it just it just sours the process. So we, we haven't done that for a long time. We, we've, we've worked with some really epic people um, who've given us the space to bring our strength to the table, but have invested just as much time on their side to make sure that it's a really powerful project. So as far as our process goes, um, we have a... I suppose it's about a five, if you have to put it into kind of like five areas of, of development. Um, but our first date on any project starts with discovery and onboarding and really just getting to know um, our, our, the brand that we're working with and the people behind the brand and its culture and um, where it is. And not every business has been in business. You know, we work with a lot of startups who are coming in with an idea and it's about building that out together. So, you know, whether it's the evolution of a 30 year old business and we've got two of those versus kicking off a startup and this really ambitious person that you're in contact with, um, you know, every, every project has its own nuances and what that onboarding looks like. Some is very personal um, where, um, and that goes for big corporations too, you know, family run businesses, a lot of personal stuff happens in that. Um, and it's important that the branding process unlocks what's really there. And a lot of the time the customer will never even know that that's happened and they'll never feel it. But if we're going to deliver an identity for something that has to live and breathe and connect people and engage real people, it's important that we get into that meat. So we get really close with our um, client teams and that stage. And a lot of trust is built there and a lot of new conversations are opened up. And, and that's where we really hope to bring value and insights to, to the table is just unlocking those new conversations or points of view, being able to ask the hard questions, um, things that we were, you know, um, definitely intrigued in when they came to us and then now have the forum to, to kind of um, get stuck into. So, that's a long process. Um, sometimes it's in three phases. Sometimes it's in two. Um, starts with Q and A. We do workshops, and we really drill down into that. So it's important that you know, especially if you're kicking off a freelance life, that when you are starting to work with someone, just ask a lot of questions. Be interested. Um, you know, why is it interesting to you? If it's not interesting to you, why are you even doing it? <laughs> like, so just make sure that it's something that you can be interested in or find what's really interesting about it to other people. Because if you can't unlock that idea and, and that thinking, it's really difficult to try and translate that into to an identity that has to do that job for you. So that is an unbelievably important foundational phase and an investment on our client's part, naturally on time, to make sure that we are speaking the same language before we get into any kind of design conversation. From that point, we look at the customer's um, user experiences um, and get to know, not in um, a, a very research heavy space, but to look at the lifestyle trends and drivers around the, the space that this individual lives in and what life looks like there. And, you know, macro trends, are something that we now very much all sharing, you know, as far as future consumer view goes. Um, and that, that in itself is going to pose some new interesting um, work and thinking for us and some new systems perhaps. But um, ultimately we want to get to know 
who they understand to be the user and what that looks like. And it builds, starts to build out the tone for any brand. Mm. Uh, that document starts to get a little bit more visual as far as putting people into that document. And once we've done those two phases and, you know, they span a number of weeks and it just depends on, on the task at hand, we then build out a brand DNA. And as you know very well, a DNA is really just that holy grail guiding compass that everything is going to emanate from. Um, it gives you direction. If you're a startup, you know, you want to be nimble, you want to go, but what's the roadmap? What does it look like? What does it sound like? I've got to put this into investor decks. I've got to put it in front of new partners, suppliers, distributors. Everyone needs to understand me quickly. This is me. And that's what the DNA does for, for individuals. Whereas um, for a bigger business where it's going, we've got 30 years of culture here, but we need to gear up for the next sort of wave. And how do we rediscover our values that are alive in us today and ensure that they are being articulated in the same modern, fresh way that we'd want our products to be experienced in. So we do, we, again, every project will have its own um, kind of approach to the DNA, but we won't do a, an identity without that because it's important that in whatever way it's packaged or whatever that looks like, that when design does come to the table, it's coming from a place of meaning, a reference point that we can draw back down to so that when our work is sitting um, on the table or on the screen, that we can look at it from the viewpoint of strategy and know where it's come from and why it's there so that it's not a very disconnected conversation on design and um, what that means to each individual's per individual in the room um, and that it runs a lot deeper into what is the purpose of this and how hard can this identity work for you. Um, and like, you know, people and wearing clothes and what that says about yourself, it's an expression of the person within. And it's really important that the DNA defines that for us. Um, we do a lot of name developments. Um, again, measuring the name against the DNA um, is important when it comes to, because a name is really a tricky thing. A word can mean so much to people and how they relate it back to something else they connect with in their life. If you're not looking at it on a DNA, it's just a word with no identity and nothing behind it. And we have some pretty interesting experiences on name development. Um, and then logo and identity for us, we love design systems that are going to work really hard that can be shared within organizations as well. Um, and um, those become really interesting exercises depending on where that brand is at. Um, but with our clients, um, I'll chat about a wonderful project we worked on. Um, it started off last year um, where we um, had the good fortune of meeting um, Salema Mabena Masakela, whose father is a famous South African musician, jazz musician, um, who went over to the States, um, the heart of the apartheid. And um, it was pretty awesome to reconnect with um, someone we've always known, Craig and I knew him actually through surf comments. Uh, he's a surf commentator. We knew him through experiencing him on TV or seeing him at the surf contest that we'd go to and, and, and experience. Um, and he was introduced to us through OK Drugs. They, they go to the same gym in Venice Beach and they got chatting and next minute he's like, they're from South Africa. That's really cool. And then we got chatting and Craig and him know a whole lot of the same people from surfing and um, Jordy Smith is a South African, he's friends with Craig, and obviously Salema knows the South African crew. Um, and we just really connected early on. 
And what I loved, I suppose, for me um, as a person uh, from the strategy point of view for a startup um, to get to know him um, and a person who is, um, we're building the brand for his podcast. And for someone whose gift is his voice and sharing stories to create a strategy with him on his personal brand um, and his podcast, What Shapes Us. And what that meant to him as an individual and the kind of realization of his own personal journeys and the fruition of what he wanted this year to look like. And that was last year. And it's launched exactly when it was supposed to, but it also launched in um, the heart of the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, And we just have been blown away by the power of the project. Um, when it when we were all in lockdown and Black Lives Matter um, exploded, it was like pre-launch, like we were about to launch and we were creating assets around, um, around this. And it was such an emotional experience um, for us and such a gift because you could put a lot of that into a lot of the work that we were, we were creating together. Um, from his identity to be having conversations that truly matter, you know, that, that really truly matter, that have been always part of his journey and that it's almost like the, the universe aligned for this platform of sharing and for him to um, leverage incredible contacts and the guest pool that he has to share these real stories and to talk about things that really matter about, you know, his whole overarching concept of what shapes us. So like from the brand journey right through to how that's come by far being one of the most powerful experiences of our, our lives. There were tears shared. There was laughter shared. Um, isolation was deep. I mean, really deep. Um, but he's just the most incredible person and his podcast is amazing. And I definitely think everyone should tune into it. And um, yeah, it will be uh, one of the most memorable brand case studies of my time. And the fact that he also just allowed us to create within that, um, you know, he has his own creative point of view, but um, everything that Craig and him kind of have discussed and how it's come to to be is just exactly what it should be. Um, and I think it will be evident in, in, in how it works for him. Um, it's just a really great way to express the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and support his, his voice. It's got one of those great buttery voices. Um, wonderful. Yeah. It's wonderful to listen to. There is so much investment from your part. Do you get to a point where you become quite close with them after the project? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I think um, that's the one thing that's going to ensure that we always stay small mm. as a studio we've never had a vision of like 30 people under one roof, like getting things done because I think in that you sort of remove yourself a lot from, from things just because you have to, I mean, you can't, can't actually take that much on, but um, we take our projects really seriously and the people that we work with, um, we really want to ensure that they have the maximum experience on what the potential of their vision is for, for their products or their business or their service. And um, in doing that and getting to know each other on a really real level, you are able to have really hard chats about stuff and understand vulnerabilities and gain such a deep context into who they are 
because we never want to feel that we've written something that is incongruent, doesn't resonate with them and you they can't hear themselves saying i think a lot of things can be really stiff um and if if you're not listening all the time to how you how was it explained to you when it came to the table um what is that diction what was the style um those those things are ingredients of intuition that we that we really believe inform the identity in a big way because that was a human talking to a human to have a conversation in a way that they were comfortable in a way that was authentic to them in a way that was honest. Um, and we, we really draw down from those initial conversations by listening to all that other kind of unsaid stuff mm-hmm. to, to make sure that when that DNA does come to them, it really resonates. Um, you know, we produce DNAs where we sit down and, and we, we workshop it. We always present it in a workshop format and the emotional reaction um, uh, which is almost like our aha moment where we know that conversion takes place, that like trust in our relationship is really cemented there because they feel heard. Um, and they feel that that's a, the, my best feeling is like, that's exactly what I've been trying to say, or, or I want this to feel like, and I just haven't been able to see it that way. Um, and I think that's a really critical part of um, the process with our studio is, that feeling, that conversion, and just making sure that you've been listening closely enough to ensure that every document is authentic and it doesn't feel like a cookie cut version of the one before. Um, And how we design it and how we create it is also really critical. So absolutely, Jimmy, um, very strong relationships with all of our clients. um, And, and we love that, you know, we want to, we'd love to uh, we hope to have more of that. And, and not every project's going to be like that. Not every person lends himself to, to other people like that. Um, but for the most part, we've made a lot of great new friends in the last 10 years. And um, yeah, from all over the world now, which is, which is cool. We're starting to, to kind of like grow that out and, and meet a whole lot of new people. But there seems to be a commonality in that everyone wants to, to communicate and be real. And I think more and more these days, people are, are able to do that, mm-hmm. um, which is exciting, definitely. Yeah. Um, what qualities do you look for in hiring a designer or an intern at, at Parsons? Uh, first and foremost, zero ego. Um, you know, we get a lot of confidence CVs. Um, I think Craig is a creative is such a humble um, person for the um, immense talent that he has. The, and the nicest creative director you'll ever work for, I can tell you that much, because he really does understand that being creative is putting your heart on your sleeve. And when you've created something and you've worked hard at it and you've done it with intent and um, you've really put it right out there for everybody, um, you've got to be gentle about what that feels like. And um, I think anyone who comes in too hot and hard for us, we typically don't, we just take a step back and it doesn't feel, feel right for us because it is about being a bit vulnerable and it's also about learning, um, you know, learning different ways and would this person feel open to it or would there be friction there? And, you know, we really want to make sure that everybody complements each other in a team and they want to be present 
and they want to show up and they want to contribute and they want to bring their maximum talents to really max out a project to to see it to its like best possible um, fruition. Um, so that that's quite quickly something that will be a yay or an a for us. And and also how you present yourself, not. Um, in uh, kind of like the, the physical, but just in how you write your emails and articulate um, your humanness in those mails. You know, sometimes we get a one-liner with like a, a portfolio, and I get a lot. We are, we get a lot of portfolios and some pretty epic portfolios too. And you can kind of feel out, you know, if something's come from like you, you look at this portfolio and it's like amazing. And this person's had the most humble, wonderful intro to it. And you're like, they're amazing. They're like so incredibly great. And then sometimes you'll get these like really hectic um, portfolios sent to you. Someone who's basically, you don't, you, yeah, you're not sure if they were meant to send it to you in the first place or if it was supposed to go somewhere else. But I, I definitely think that coming from a place of humility and purpose um, is really important. And, and just like, um, having a sense of self and that's not to say um you can't be a shy person or you can't be um uh, a little bit nervous or anything like that i mean geez, I, I still get nervous um in a very big way and um we just want people to be real and when they sit down to feel like that person's being themselves to the best of their ability sometimes in really strange circumstances interviews are awkward at the best of at the best of times uh, which is why it's kind of cool to also if you do like someone work with, to work with them for a couple of weeks and just see what that looks like because it's really hard to understand someone in a couple of hours in a room yes there can be instant chemistry um but you know how does that translate to studio life how does that translate to how somebody works amongst a team um takes an instruction you know um and, and, you know, we're not heavy on that type of stuff. We won't just, um, well, Craig isn't, I mean, at all. Um, so we, yeah, we definitely look at, at that. And then we do try to kind of spend a little bit of time with people and get to know them for a couple of weeks before that commitment is there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and first and foremost, overall, you see a, a portfolio and, and it's either kind of really hitting the nail on the detail um, typography is a huge piece for us um craig's obsessed with type loves i mean on our honeymoon he collected an entire alphabet of shells like coral that had washed up and it was like from a to z and like dingbats and a whole lot of things and i was just like reading my book and i just look up and he's like on that side of the beach and he's on that side of the beach and um he had this like crazy i've got a picture of it it's amazing we actually lost the box of coral when we moved so if it's not well typeset, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's his only, his only thing. How important is it, do you think, for designers to carry out, you know, side projects, passion projects, um, outside of a design studio? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. From like where everything is at, multidisciplinary people are more layered. Um, they, they get to explore parts of their brain and their own creativity um, through exercising those muscles. It's really important. Um, you know, whether it's 
art or your own craft that you are, I mean, if you're an illustrator, you want to illustrate in and out of the studio. And sometimes the work in the studio is not necessarily the subject matter you want to be creating around. And it's important that you can always feel like you're expressing yourself. And I think anyone who's really good at what they do wants to do it all the time, you know, because it's not an effort. It doesn't feel like a job. It doesn't feel like a grind. They just love it. I mean, I'll use Craig as an example. If he wasn't designing work in studio and, and, you know, he was always a very dedicated person um, to, you know, work for anyone. He would just bring that work home and make it better. Um, but if he wasn't doing that, he's doing something for himself, you know, like creating a typepiece, um, getting his lino kits out and, and like, and playing with that on the table and making a huge mess, <laughs> a huge mess. And that kid is still with us um, or he's inking like he's, you know, he had this like when we were in our twenties, he had this little ink part and like, he just like just do letter form after letter form after letter form and just like zone him out. Um, and now it's just a lot of um, time spent uh, reading and experiencing different, I suppose digital aspects are becoming so much more critical and it's important not to, lo to lose the medium in, in all of that. So absolutely. I think if you love photography, if you love anything, go and play, go and enjoy it. Um, let it layer you up and then bring it back, bring it back to the studio um, share with the people in your space, the things that really make you tick because you know, for us running a studio, when you know what really makes someone tick, you can definitely make sure you try and, honeypot that kind of project for them because it's just going to make them so happy but it's also they're going to bring their best value to this to the studio when they're doing things that they really love um so so yeah we definitely try to identify what um gets the different personalities in our studio excited um and we do our best to make sure that kind of work at the table that's not always something in our control because it's about the brand at the end of the day and what that aesthetic turns out to be um, but yeah, it all kind of, it all kind of really flows for us. And I think that's where we lucky is we, we create brands that we all believe in collectively and get excited about, and everyone brings their own kind of external influence or their internal influence to that. And, um, it's, it's important. It's important that you do that as a creative. Do you have any advice for younger designers, um, early on in their careers or even for the grads that are about to kind of enter the design industry any advice yeah. for them we're big on just put in the time put in the time it's not going to happen for you if you don't um keep just honing your craft asking questions um you know if you do land a job in a studio and um you know you want to kind of like make an impression it's difficult to do that in the day when everyone's focusing on executing tasks and, and working through the day. And especially if you're kind of new to a studio as well. Um, and so you can kind of get lost in that pace. Um, and it's difficult to um, sometimes keep up with it if you're a junior, um, if you're a junior designer. Um, and it's important to just spend that extra time when the day is a bit quieter, when the pressure is a little bit less to take it further to try and problem solve and see what you can do to get it to a place that you can have a conversation about it the next day and say, this is where I've got to. These are the problems I've had. This is how I've tried to address them. What do you think? Help me. Or whatever that question is that's come out of that. And just put in the time because 
you can solve a lot yourself if you really apply yourself to it. And I think that for us becomes the most impressive quality of seeing someone who's really put in that effort to kind of work it out and explore that. And they might still not have the answers, but gee, they've come up with some pretty interesting stuff in the meantime. And maybe we wouldn't even have thought about it that way. And that's something new to think about. And that sparked a whole avenue of thought, you know, just their approach. So, so yeah, that, that's really, really important. And um, that time can be weekends, that time can be after hours, that time can be through a lunch break, um, where, wherever you can do it, just, just, you know, don't sit on Instagram, swishing your hand up and down your phone for hours when you could be doing something that's actually going to take you to a whole new place. Um, so yeah, we, we all spend a lot of time on Instagram because we have to, <laughs> we have to do it. Um, but yeah, that, that for me is, and, and Craig will second that it's, it's really critical that that, that takes place. So where can people find your work? So we, we love the gram. It connects <laughs> people all the time. Um, it's where we have our conversations. It's where we get to be part of our community, um, our global community. And it's just so epic that we live in an era where we can do that. And it blows us away every day. Um, how you just one click away from meeting someone new um, or someone asking a question or you asking someone a question. Um, and, you know, over time, we've been able to really grow a very engaged following. I mean, super. And I, could, I could just quit strategy and answer questions all day on, on Instagram. And I might have to, I might have to be a bit better at it. Um, I definitely want to open up a lot more to kind of asking questions out there and, and, and stuff, but I suppose it just becomes a time thing. And mm. um, the, the work is there. We try to post it regularly. A lot of our work takes a long time before we can show it because of the nature of brand developments and the timelines between, you know, maybe the brand's there, but research and development on the product isn't, and that's still happening and still being packaged and it hasn't hit. So some of our projects are done. And, you know, last year we've completed them and we're only going to be able to show show you later in the year and things have slowed down obviously with the with COVID and it's delayed some launches or it's cancelled some events and and that's all kind of working itself out but um but yeah Instagram is where we like to be and then web um we we recently launched our website in, in January which feels like yesterday and um there's some case studies on there so there's a little bit more meat on the bones there as far as how we unpack that um and what that means and we try to keep the number of case studies light and, and we'll we'll evolve that each time a new significant case study um comes on board and there's a few there that are ready to launch as well so that tells a little bit more of a connected story and the depth of scope we will produce for a, a specific team we find maybe like businesses will look at that um whereas like startup founders will look at instagram and then more importantly for us to to really just chat to the creative community um, uh, through our Instagram. So if anyone's got any questions for us, that's where, that's a good place. That's where we go. We got to answer questions. <laughs> we should do like a Q and A with uh, Kim and Craig on, uh, on Instagram. Once, once life kind of settles <laughs> for you both. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's really cool. yeah. And also um, 
like for everyone listening, you know, jump on their website. Um, you know, you guys have these featured journals as well, where you kind of do talk about, you know, contrast and color and so forth. So a lot of content in there to kind of like, as you said, a lot of, a lot more meat than Instagram. So, you know, jump across to their website and, uh, and check it out. Yes. Yeah. Um, Kim, thank you so much uh, for your time, uh, your insight and guidance. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, during this time, for you to kind of set this time aside for us and and be so open uh, with the things that you've learned, you know, personally and and within the studio. Um, you know, I wish you all the best for the next uh, chapter for for you know you and the family and and the studio moving over to uh, Ireland. Yeah, it is uh, my greatest pleasure to talk to you today. We are so unbelievably humbled at the opportunity and that our work is is hitting the hitting the screens in your classes. Um, we're here when you need us. Uh, we'd love to talk to you guys again um, in capacity and yeah, keep sharing. Um, and we hope to hope to see you guys soon when we can actually get into an airplane and over to America. I will be there. Yeah. <laughs> looking forward to it you've uh you've always you know the door's always open for you uh for you both so um again thank you so much for your time i really appreciate it thanks jimmy the pathfinder podcast has been brought to you by shillington the original graphic design bootcamp. to learn more about the podcast and shillington click the link in the bio show your support by subscribing and rating us on your preferred podcast platform Original music composed and performed by Menakshi. Thanks for listening. <laughs>